Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam wishing you a wonderful day. I trust you and your family are doing well. We are talking about the subject of, of God's grace and man's faith. And uh, we are actually in the, um, in the whole chapter of Hebrews 11, talking about the heroes of faith. And uh, yesterday we talked about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and Sarah and how they embraced Jesus, how they embraced, uh, you know, God's heavenly vision. And they, they uh, to the point that earthly things didn't matter to them. And they uh, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. And uh, they longed for that heavenly uh, vision that God had given them. But now let's go to, let's go to uh, verse, uh, there's a, quite a little bit of material, quite a bit of material. So I'll try to rush through as much as I can. Verses 17 and 19 in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac and he had, uh, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was seed that in Isaac shall thy seed be called accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So now this is, this is astounding because it says, uh, I mean, you know the story, God had given Isaac to Abraham as a child of promise and uh, Isaac was born. I mean, he was a miracle child because <coughs> Abraham was like 90 or 100 years old and 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 uh, Sarah was also very, very old, around 80, 90 years old. They were both past childbearing age and they were very aged and old. And God gives them this son, Isaac. And uh, and so and it says that in Isaac, your seed shall be called. So he was not only the child of promise, but the generations of Abraham should would go through Isaac. Now, interestingly, I just want to mention this, that uh, uh, Isaac, Abraham's first child was Ishmael, who was born through his second wife, and that was Hagar. But after Sarah died, Abraham had uh, another wife. Uh, her name was Keturah, and Keturah had five children. So you know that old song, Father Abraham had seven sons. That's actually true. Abraham did have seven sons. He had uh, uh, Ishmael, who was the older one, born through Hagar. And he had uh, Isaac, who was born to Sarah. Then Keturah, his third wife, she had five children. So Abraham, all boys. So Abraham had seven sons. But Isaac was the child of promise. I mean, uh, because, and, and the reason he was a child of promise, God had planned that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Redeemer of mankind, would come through Isaac. That was God's promise. And that was God's will. So Excuse me. So Isaac was the promised child and he had, uh, you know, he had received him. Uh, it was a huge miracle. And then suddenly God tells Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac up to Mount Moriah and <clears throat> I want you to kill him, sacrifice him. So this is interesting. Can you imagine? God gives you this promise. And you wait 10 years for the miracle to take place for the child to be born. And you have this child and now he's a teenage boy. And it says your seed shall be called through him. I mean, he's your future. He is, 
your generation shall go through him. And then God says, I want you to sacrifice him. I want you to kill him. So that was a huge challenge of faith because God, it's like God wanted that son back. You know, I gave him to you. Now you give him back to me. But it says, verse 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received an figure. So you can imagine what went through Abraham's mind. But, but you see, Abraham, it says here that Abraham <coughs> actually believed that even if I kill this boy, as God has told me, God is going to raise him up. Why did he believe that? Because he knew that his seed would come through Isaac and he knew it. And that's what God had promised. So no matter what God is saying now, that word that God had given earlier is going to come to pass. And the only way that's going to come to pass if, is if God raises up Ishmael. Uh, I'm sorry, Isaac. God is going to raise this boy up even if I sacrifice him. So he took him up to the mountain and you know the rest of the story. It was a test of Abraham's faith. And uh, but, you know, when he came to the mountain, he tied him up and he was he lifted up that knife to sacrifice him. And then suddenly God says, stop. And so then he showed him a, 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 a ram in the thicket. He said, OK, you sacrifice that thing. And, you know, I mean, the, the whole story. But my point is this. It says by faith, Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, because God wanted Isaac and Abraham offered up Isaac in obedience to God's, uh, God's command. And that was his faith. So faith, I've written this, that faith is to offer back to God what you stood in faith for. Faith is to give back to God what you fought and stood in faith for. God gives it to you and God wants it back to him, to, you know, back. You are ready to offer it to God, knowing that God's word will be fulfilled anyway, no matter what is happening before my eyes. And that's exactly what happened. Anyway, verse 22, 23. I love this story. Joseph, when he died in, in Hebrews 11, Joseph, by faith, Joseph, okay, by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Now, this is interesting because Joseph, when he was old, when he was dying, you remember Joseph came to Egypt and uh, the kind of the whole families, the children of Israel, there was famine in the land of Canaan. They all came to Egypt and they kind of settled there. Then they became slaves. Anyway, you, you know the whole story from the Old Testament. But it says when Joseph was dying, this is verse 22. It says, by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Now, this, this is something. It says that Joseph, when he died, okay, he mentioned, he made mention of the departing of the children of Israel 
and gave commandment concerning his bones. Now, when Joseph died and was buried and the children of Israel, because here it says he made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. That means that Joseph on his deathbed, he could see that one day the children of Israel would be leaving Egypt. And you know when that happened? That happened 400 years after the death of Joseph. So from the time that Joseph died to the time when Moses finally led the children of Israel out of Egypt, it was 400 years. So the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt for four centuries, 400 years. And the amazing thing was that Joseph, this guy who could interpret dreams and see visions, when he's dying on his deathbed, he began to talk about something that would happen 400 years. Can you imagine that he could actually see that? When he's dying, here's this old man, he's dying. And when he's dying, he calls his sons together, his kids together. He says, boys, listen, 400 years from now, we, our people will all come out of Egypt and we are going back into the promised land. And it says he gave commandment concerning his bones. And he said, I, I know you're going to bury me after I die, but I don't want my bones to remain in the sand of Egypt forever. I want you to dig up my bones and take my bones to the promised land and bury me there. This is fantastic because God had given the promise of the land to his great grandfather Abraham. And Joseph being in Egypt, he kind of held on to that promise and he said, I am here in Egypt. I'm going to die in Egypt. I'll be buried in Egypt. But 400 years from now, our people are coming out of here. We are going to go back to the promised land and I want to be buried there. I don't want my bones to be here. I want to inherit and be part of that promise. I mean, the faith of the man by faith. Joseph, when he died, that means, you see, faith is to look into the future. Is to, is to see, look into the future and take a hold of that future and, and grab a hold of it and want to be part of the promise of God even though you won't live to see it. But you can't let go of it. You take a hold of it. It becomes such a part of you that you say, even if I die, even in my death, I'm going to be part of it. So Joseph you know, I mean, his father was Jacob. His grandfather was Isaac. His great-grandfather was uh, Abraham. And so but he had this faith in him. And he said, I'm dying, but 400 years from now, we are going to be out of here. We are going back to the promised land. I promise, I want you to promise me to dig up my bones and take them with you and I want to be reburied in the land that God promised my great grandfather. And Exodus verse chapter 13, verse 19, this is actually the description of the 
uh, exact departure of the children of Israel. And I loved it. It says, and Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. I love this story. You can imagine that, you know, the children of Israel, they, they, they had applied the blood on their doorposts and all that. And, and now they're getting ready to leave Egypt. And as they were getting ready, you know, I think they, they said there are three millions of them and they're all getting ready to leave. And then suddenly Moses remembers, he said, guys, 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 we must not forget. Remember our patriarch, patriarch Joseph, he made our great grandfather's promise that they would take their bones with him. You know, that promise that Joseph had extracted from them. Somehow that promise had been passed down from generation to generation. They did, you know, for 400 years. I mean, this is big because in those days, they didn't have written history. They had oral history. So everything was passed on by word of mouth for 400 years. That was the faith of Joseph. That one thing that he wanted was to be buried in, in, in Canaan's land. He, he spoke his word. But you see, the word of faith is powerful. The word that faith speaks is powerful. And the word of Joseph that I don't want to be buried here. I don't want to remain here 400 years from now. You're going to carry me, dig my bones up and take me to the, to, to, to the land of promise. The words of faith spoken by Joseph was so powerful that for 400 years, generation to generation, those words of Joseph were passed down. Those words were of Joseph were passed down by word of mouth for 400 years. And now they were in the heart of Moses. So Moses quickly ran to the Jewish cemetery. He dug up the bones of Joseph. And then they began to cross the promised land. And the interesting thing is that, you know, when, when they applied the blood of the lamb and they ate that Passover uh, meal, you know, you know what happened when they ate the meat of the lamb and they broke bread together, ate that Passover lamb. All of Israel were healed. How do I know that? Because the Bible says in the book of Psalms that he led them out with silver and gold and there was not one feeble or weak among them. So this, you know, you see movies like the Ten Commandments, you see these people on crutches, you know, walking and people who are carried by the families. That never happened. There was not one who was weak among them. So they didn't come out poor and starving. They came out with gold and silver. So the children of Israel came out with gold and silver and they came out healed. And as they were coming out, there was only one thing that was dead there. And those were the bones of Joseph that were being carried by the people as they crossed. And the bones, they were rattling in the box and they were, they were shouting, the word of God is true. The word of God is true. The word of God is true. Hallelujah. So if you look at the faith of Joseph, faith, the faith is to look into the future and speak the word into the future and know that the words you speak today are going to come to pass. Even if it takes centuries, it's going to happen. Hallelujah. That is what faith is. Faith is to speak out with power. That's why we should never be ashamed or afraid to speak out with power and speak out the future. 
prophesy the future, speak of the future. I remember many, many years ago, there was, a, 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 there was this town in the south of Sweden and there was a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall. And I was in this little church. They used to rent a little place. And uh, so we used to rent there. And every time I would go and preach there, I would pass the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, Kingdom Hall. And it was a beautiful building they had built. And I used to drive past that. I used to curse that thing. Believe me, I just used to look at it. I said, I curse this place in the name of Jesus. And one day this building will be turned into a church that Jehovah's Witnesses will be out of here. And this building is going to be a church in the name of Jesus. And this poor pastor, you know, little church, he used to laugh. He said, ah, that's good, Brother Christopher. I said, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, brother. You know, I, his name was Alf. I said, Brother Alf, I'm telling you. And, you know, he used to smile. And so years passed. I used to go to that church twice a year, little church. I used to curse that Jehovah. And so I remember some years ago, I went back one day and uh, he said, we got a new place. I said, what new place? He said, the place that you used to curse every time, the Jehovah's Witnesses Kingdom Hall. I said, what happened? He said, the Jehovah's Witnesses numbers just dwindled. And finally they sold the building. They put the building up in the market. Nobody wanted it. And we bought it at a throwaway price. And that is our new church today. And I <coughs> actually went and preached in that church. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why we should never be afraid of speaking the word and prophesying it out. Even if it's in the future. Speak it out. Speak it out. Faith is to see something in the future. Even if it is very far away. Beyond your reach. Even if your children, your grandchildren receive. But you speak the word out. Speak the word out. Hallelujah. That is faith. Amen. So let's look at verse 23. Okay. It says. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, here's Moses. By faith, Moses. And I love the way it began these verses. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Moses. These were men of faith, people. These were not men of doubt, but these were men of faith. He said, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches then the treasure in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now listen, in this collection of verses, it says by faith Moses, by faith Moses, by faith Moses, three times. The first time is when he was a child, by faith Moses, that as a child, okay? But let's look at verse 24. By faith Moses, when he was grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why? <coughs> Moses became aware of his destiny. He became aware of his identity. And because he began, he became aware of his identity, he began to realize who he really was and not what Pharaoh and his family had made him out to be. Now, he had a lot of privileges as, as, uh, as like Pharaoh's adoptive grandson, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had a high position in Egypt, but he 
recognized his own destiny. He understood who he was. And because of that, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why? It says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a second. He had everything going for him, but he forsook that and he chose to suffer affliction with God's people. That's faith. Faith is to choose to suffer with God's people because you realize your true identity instead of enjoying the pleasures of the world for a season. That's what faith is. Faith is to choose to suffer affliction for the sake of Jesus rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Because he, see, if this had happened today, people would have told Moses, he said, Moses, just don't be foolish. I mean, I know you are a Christian and you want to, but look, God has put you right there in that place and just stay where you are. Make use of that position. You know, you are in that high place. Just stay there. And when you, one day you'll become the Pharaoh, you'll become the king. And then of course you can set your people free. You just have to make a decree and all the Egyptians, I mean, the Egyptians will have to let the children of Israel go because you know, you will be the next Pharaoh and you are next in line and, and you know, but, but you see the thing with Moses, he didn't want to do it man's way. He wanted to do it God's way. And, and in today's world, people, you know, people will give you advice. You know what? You know, you have this position or we, you know, you're in Hollywood or in the White House or whatever, whatever, some big political thing or in the entertainment world, just stay there. God wants to use you there. But uh -uh, not Moses. He didn't want to take any shortcuts. He he didn't want to be part of that rotten system. And, 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 and do it man's way, but he wanted to do it God's way. Because look at this, he says, by faith, he forsook Egypt. Faith isn't just taking hold of things. Faith is also letting go of things. Listen, sometimes it takes more faith to let go of things than it takes to take a hold of things. There is a place, yes, where we take a hold of things by faith. Yes, faith is taking hold of things. But there are also times when God tells us to forsake things and let go of things that seem good, that seem it's like God has given them to us. But God says, no, you leave this, you walk out of there. I mean, that happened to me, the kind of family I came from, the kind of background I came from. When I got saved, I knew it would cost me everything. But for me, it wasn't even a, a matter for consideration because you know what? I tell you, if people ask me, you know, why, why did you leave everything, your, uh, you know, your privilege, your money, your position to, to, to follow Jesus and I went to prison? I tell you why. It's not because I was a very brave man I was a, or I was a spiritual man. It was simply this. I had received Jesus. And I knew that when I died, I would go to heaven. Before that, I knew, I knew, I grew up even as a Muslim. I knew that I was a sinner and I was going to go to hell. But when I met Jesus, I knew my sins had been washed away. 
and I'm going to go to heaven. And you know what? I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world because everything in this world, everything that my father offered me if I would just come back to Islam, it was only temporal. But that eternal life that Jesus offered to me was forever. Now, a part of that package was suffering, prison, imprisonment, losing everything and being on the streets. I mean, having no income, no money, having to trust God for my means. Fine, I can put up, put up that. If that is the price I have to pay to pay to follow Jesus and to have a place in heaven, it is worth it all. As I look back today at the past 45 years, I look back at those days and I said, you know, I didn't really pay a price, but this was the greatest investment I ever made in my life. Beloved, listen, your future is not hobnobbing with politicians or being somebody in Hollywood or being rich or famous or something. That's the American dream. Everybody wants to be something. No, your future is walking with Jesus wherever God puts you, no matter what it costs you, walking with Jesus, following him all the way. Hallelujah. It is worth it all. Because by faith, Moses, you know, Moses was in a position where you and I, I mean, we, we can't even imagine. I mean, he was like royalty, right? I mean, I came from a wealthy family, but I was not as high up as Moses was, and none of us is as high up as Moses. But he, it says that by faith he forsook Egypt. He left all that, that place of power and privilege and wealth. And he says he left that, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. And it tells us why. Because he saw the one who is invisible. When you see you see, in the, someone who is invisible is somebody who is not, cannot be seen. But when you see the invisible, then something happens to you. For me, it was like this, believe me. I had an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus was so real to me. And the salvation, the forgiveness of sin that he gave to me was so real that there was nothing in this world that was worth it all. I could leave everything 10 times over because I wanted that because I saw him who is invisible. And each one of us who is here, you're listening to me, you and I have all had that wonderful encounter with that person, Jesus Christ. The world cannot see him. That's why they don't believe in him. But you and I have seen him. We have experienced him and he has changed our lives and we are no longer who we used to be. It is Jesus. He has changed our life. And to take a hold of that because we have seen and experienced the invisible, we can forsake anything, everything to follow him because one day we will sit with him at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. And God will give us crowns of glory and we will take those crowns and throw them at the feet of the master because he alone is worthy. This is the gift of eternal life, beloved. I love this. 
Moses, he forsook Egypt, the glories of Egypt, because he saw the invisible. You and I are wonderfully privileged because we have experienced Jesus Christ. We have seen the invisible. And because we have seen and experienced him, there is nothing on this earth worth holding on to. We can forsake anything and everything to follow him. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your hand upon their lives. I ask you to bless their families. Let there be life and health and healing and abundance in their homes. Bless them and most of all, use them for your glory, Father. In whatever place they are in life, Father, whether they're in the ministry or in the marketplace or um, ladies, ladies raising their children, each one of us in their world, Father, they have influence and they're witnesses and ministers of the gospel. Use us all, Father, and we thank you that you meet all our needs and you bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. I'll be seeing you again tomorrow. And we're going to continue with these lessons. You know, we will just go on. And uh, uh, I asked, um, I put a notice on Facebook and I said, now give me some suggested, uh, because in a couple of days we'll be finished with this uh, subject. We'll be going into other subject. Give me some suggestion. Somebody said eschatology. Listen, I'm not good in eschatology, so I'm not even going to go there. And someone said, talk about, yeah, something about the Old Testament, about the high priest and all that. I'm not good at that stuff. I'm, but I'm going to go into blood covenant and we're going to talk about finances, other things. But if you have any subject you think uh, that would benefit you, just write to me, tell me and I'll do my best. God bless you.